This might be a hard question to answer. Don't you feel bad for running past all the beauty on the trails, not stopping to enjoy it? I think isolating ultra runners and saying, does this particular group of people possess an inability to appreciate the trail? I think is almost a bit prejudiced, I guess you could say. I guess it's a sensitive subject. I'm not trying to go fast on the Appalachian Trail. I'm just trying to endure as much as I can until I pretty much pass out. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Trail Tales. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a huge hiking nerd, and every single week on this podcast, I chat with other hiking nerds about their experiences on the trail. This is this is a a history break breaking. Oh boy, it's early. Um, historical episode of Trail Tales, and the reason is because this is the earliest episode I've ever recorded. Um, it's actually not that early. If you guys actually saw what time it was, you'd probably just think I was a baby, but it's early for me, and uh, I, I, I haven't even finished my first cup of coffee yet, so I'm going to... I might not be uh, on my A game today, but I'm sure as hell going to try, and it's so worth it because we have an amazing guest this week. Also, speaking of history uh, and record-breaking, uh, Christian Morgan is on the show. He is a repeat guest on Trail Tales, and he, over the summer, set the southbound FKT, fastest known time, aka speed record for the Appalachian Trail. And I am so incredibly excited to talk to him. Christian Morgan, welcome back to the show. How's it going, man? Hey, Kyle. Thanks for having me back. It's nice to be here again. I think this is the third time, right? Yeah, at least. Maybe fourth? Did you do two before we got the chance to meet up this summer? I can't remember, honestly, but... At least third, maybe fourth. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the third, yeah. Okay, you, I guess you would probably know better than I do because these do kind of blend blend together a little bit sometimes. Not always, though, because it's not every day that I get the chance to talk to someone who is so accomplished and has the southbound record and sec it's second fastest time overall um, on the Appalachian Trail. So the last time that Christian was on the show... It was actually an in-person episode. I was living up in New Hampshire over the summer. He was up there training. It was just shortly before his um his uh record-breaking run, I guess. And um we got the chance yeah, to talk in person. The audio quality was terrible on that. I don't know if you listened back to that one, Christian, but I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> I I kind of butchered that one. I got a couple complaints. So also sorry to everyone who listened to it, but this one will be much better. Um dude, this was your oh geez if i recall fourth fourth time going for the record yes For, fourth time going for the record now you went sobo this time and you ended up getting the sobo record but you didn't get the overall i guess i guess record um was your were you were you focused on the sobo record more or were you going for i already know the answer to this going for the um <laughs> The uh, I don't know overall record I guess can you tell I'm not a runner like I don't I don't know the proper terms here but I'll do my best. <laughs> yeah no I think you're doing pretty good Kyle. Um, yeah I was going for the overall record and the southbound record I must say was my kind of B goal um, and then the reason I had a B goal was because as uh, you know but maybe not everybody else knows is last year I went northbound. And uh, I got the second fastest time ever on the Appalachian Trail. So what I didn't want to do was, if I fell off record pace, have nothing else to reach for, except for a repeat um, experience of last year. So I decided to go south. And I decided that if I did fall off record pace, at least I would still have the southbound record to shoot for. And that was just to be fair to my crew who are dedicating all this time. And also, I guess... Um, stay motivated myself. Yeah, it makes sense. So like I said, I already knew the answer to that question. And it was honestly kind of a lead into this next question. This is something I was thinking about the other day. We're going, we're going deep right off the, right off the bat here. So I hope you're ready, Christian. Um, again, I'm not a runner, certainly not, uh, going for any FKTs and I never will be. So my perspective is quite naive when it comes to this stuff, clearly. But I'm just curious if 
if having that fallback goal, if you think having that, I guess, yeah, that fallback goal would have hurt your chances of getting the overall record. It's it's almost like knowing in the back of your mind there is like something you can fall back on if that, you know, maybe even subconsciously would make it so that you were less likely to get that overall goal versus if you had no fallback, no plan B, and you just had to just do or die, like go for that one overall goal. Is this something you've thought about at all? Like, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, no, I would agree with you actually. Even if it's subconscious, there's this kind of, you've you've got you've set the bar so high but then there's also a second bar you know to reach for so i think you're right like subconsciously knowing that there's something else out there which isn't exactly failure but it also means you don't have to reach so far could all almost be your um the doom you know your uh you know your your downfalling of why you don't set the record so um i mean we can get onto this later on but yeah i'm i mean yeah let's leave it till later anyway what what i was gonna say but yeah i agree with you there yeah why 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 do we need to leave it till later no i was gonna say that i'm gonna go for the record in 2024 oh okay yeah well you just said it so um (laughs) This, I, okay, that that t- makes actually a ton of sense why you wanted to save it till later. But you said it now, so we might as well talk about it. Um, I was going to ask you that for sure yeah. at some point. I mean, this was this past year was your fourth time. And I was thinking about this before you made your announcement. I was like, I wonder if he's going to go for it again. Because on one hand, obviously, he's quite persistent, you know, four four times. But on the other hand, it's also been four times. And so maybe at some point he will, I, I, I hate to say that, say quit, but you know what I mean? Just like, you know, give it up. But that's not the case, huh? Did, did you know, like, as soon as you were done, you were going to go for it again? Or is this something that took a couple of weeks to come to? Can you just talk about that decision um, a little bit? Yeah, actually, I was on another podcast um, with someone called Finn, the uh, was it a single track podcast right and he asked me a question he said or actually he told me he said he had heard on another podcast that I did uh, so we go three podcasts back that 300 miles before the finish I was already thinking about a 2024 attempt and he he he, uh, he woke up my memory so yeah actually about 300 miles before the finish six days out I actually started already thinking well, actually, I could change this and I could change that and um, I could improve on this mistake. And so, yeah, before I even finished, I already started thinking, what, how could I improve before yeah. I finished this year? Yeah. Damn. That's crazy. At that point, I, I followed your your track a little bit, but I wasn't following the, like, the times and stuff. Um at that point, when you started to think about doing another attempt, I'm assuming then you must have realized that you probably weren't going to get the overall record. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think I knew pretty early on uh, that I wasn't going to get the record, the overall record. Yeah. I don't know if you know, Kyle, about like the trail conditions this year, but a lot of hikers actually had to get off trail and either quit their hike or even... Uh, get back on trail a couple of weeks later so I was actually delayed by a month and a half starting and then when I did start um, the weather conditions it was almost like the aftermath of bad weather conditions so Mm. yeah I had that to contend with early on and that was up north so obviously going on a southbound uh, direction uh, I was really you know, that really upset my pace, you know, so early on, I kind of started to get behind the record pace and um, knew pretty early on that. I, I, I forget exactly where it was. I, I mean, I always kept hope, you know, I never fully just like threw in the towel and I always had hope that I could gain this time back on the current record. But eventually, I think there came a point where I said, okay, I'm going to let it go. And I'm going to just continue doing my best and the best I can do and uh, and bag that southbound FKT. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Yeah, I remember because the last time that we spoke, it was only a. F- if I recall, it might have only been like a week and a half or two weeks before you were supposed to start, and and then you know we got the chance to hike together and hang out a little bit, which was super cool. Honestly, one of the highlights of my summer, by the way. But that's besides the point. Um, yeah. And then I I remember, yeah, at one point you. I think you called me and you were just like, Hey, like, I don't know if it's going to happen anymore. And obviously I was well aware of the trail conditions up North, you know, being up there for most of the summer. And I felt really bad for all the, um, AT through hikers and just anyone who was trying to do anything on, (laughs) on trail in the Northeast this summer. And, um, and so you called me and you were like, yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen or whatever, which I appreciated. Um, and then you still ended up going for it, though. So that, again, I don't know anything about doing this, this this kind of record attempt or, or anything like that. But I imagine that such a chaotic start and like, oh, we're going to go for it. Oh, never mind. We're pushing it back. Actually, we might not go for it at all. OK, actually, maybe we can. That that chaos um, that, that couldn't have helped you, <laughs> I, I imagine. Yeah, actually, like I had a measuring stick because uh, obviously up north, I had the opportunity to go up to Mount Katahdin, run down um, to kind of Abel Bridge. And I did that as a training run. You know, I did that uh, three times before I started. Oh, wow. And yeah, and like I felt really good every single time. And you know, the irony is that um when i finally did start the attempt that day i felt so crap you know coming down like i just i didn't feel like i was primed in my training i felt um my i just didn't feel right you know in comparison to the other three attempts and it it was just something obviously i just had to i mean being delayed is just some it's it was one of these things they say is what is it like control the controllables and it was something totally out of my control so i had to just kind of suck it up and just (laughs) uh just accept the conditions and 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 react positively i guess but that was the worst i felt and it was unfortunate you know to start off feeling so shitty (laughs) because um i felt so good on the other on the other training runs i guess yeah well it is what it is, I guess. Um, one thing I'm sure that we talked about in our last episode, given we were together in New Hampshire, is the training that you were doing there. And so I'm just curious, you know, in hindsight now, how do you think that was beneficial, like spending, it, what, what was it, at least a month, maybe even more, up in the Northeast in New Hampshire, ripping around on the trails in the White Mountains, um, yeah, how did that end up preparing you? And do you think it was a, a good decision and maybe one that you would do again? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I felt really good. I was invited to stay at my friend's uh, Veronica Leeds house. She has a beautiful home. In fact, you picked me up from there. Uh, it is day. beautiful. I'm so jealous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah I'm not going to say where it is, obviously, but yeah, beautiful yeah, spot. Of course. It's a nice uh, location. view of the mountains um non non uh, disclosed or whatever it is yeah but like you know i just actually what happened was when i got delayed i started to feel i was outstaying my welcome you know and uh, and they were so nice and polite to me and you know they gave me the the play, you know the um hospitality of using their home but when you start getting delayed by like six weeks and you're staying at someone's house you start to feel yeah um, like a bit like you're imposing you know so but the tra- I got to say, though, I loved the training, man. I love being in the whites. I have such a passion. I, fet- I met some cool, you know, handstand. Uh, she's got the white dreadlocks. Oh, Liz Liz Kidder? Yeah, like I met yeah. her one day on the trail and we were, I stopped and we started chatting and she was really cool. And um, no, I just like the trail. So I just enjoyed being there. I had, I had like three phases to my training last year. It was recover in Spain um prepare in thailand and fine tune uh in new hampshire and i gotta say i loved all three parts of it yeah what a life three different you know very different locations um super cool man yeah i don't know i just when i learned that you were you know up in new hampshire fine tuning i guess as you just said there i was like that's 
there's got to be a good decision because, you know, the whites and Southern Maine are generally, you know, it's a little bit subjective, of course, but generally considered the most difficult part of the 18. So it only makes sense that if you're going to be going for, you know, a very difficult thing, like setting a speed record, that it would be good to do some training in the heart of what is considered the most difficult part of the trail. And so I thought that was smart. And not to mention, you know, the whites are just awesome too. So it's always good to get to spend some time there. Yeah. I mean, I guess you got to say like, did I get in like a lot of people who go South, I think the last couple of Southbound record attempts was one with Scott Jurek and he got a quad injury. So I got to, think that his quads weren't ready for that kind of terrain um and then the other person was john harden and he also got some kind of quad injury or some injury so i guess because i didn't get injured um my training in the new hampshire and the whites proved successful because i didn't get injured so it worked yeah yeah no it makes sense for sure um what was your time uh, last year and this year? Like, how did those two times stack up against each other? Yeah, last year I ran 44 days, 4 hours and 54 minutes. So and that's the second fastest time. That's the second fastest time in the world. It's like 2.8 days slower than the current record held by uh, Carol Sabay, who also mm-hmm. this year reset the PCT yeah, record. Yeah, and he... By the way, I was going to tell you this actually. Um, yeah, he ran by me when I was out there, and it, oh. it was kind of funny because I I knew he was out there, but I didn't really know what he looked like or you know where he was. I wasn't following his his uh, his attempt or anything, and so I'm sitting at a water source, and then this guy comes running up. I hadn't been seeing many hikers, and I hadn't seen any trail runners. I'd been out there for I think like three or four days at this point. And he comes up to the water source. He like, I wasn't like creeping on him. So I didn't see exactly what he did, but he, I, he like changed his shirt and grabbed some water or something. And then just kept going. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's him, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. So I didn't say anything, you know, besides yeah. just a hello. But then I went and I looked at his page when I got to town and like, he was wearing all the same clothing in his recent posts and stuff. So I was like, Oh damn, that was him. That's pretty cool. (laughs) But I don't know. Um, sorry to go on that tangent there. (laughs) No, that's good. It's good to always see, like I said, seeing Liz Kidder on trail. Um, just someone who you'd heard about before you meet them. It's always fun, you know? Yeah, Yeah, it is for sure. But anyways, um, I totally got a sidetrack there. What was your time, uh, this year on the, the Sobo FKT. Yeah, it's like 45 days, four hours. So almost like a full 24 hours. And I think it was 54 minutes or something mm-hmm. like that. So, so yeah. what, so you talked about the conditions, especially up north. Um, that must have played a role, I'm assuming, in a slightly slower time. Is there anything else that you can think of? Or just what, I guess just generally, what do you think um added that extra 25 hours it sounds like yeah i think i think it was the delayed start by six weeks that definitely didn't help i was on a um speaking to uh zach bitter who has the human performance outliers podcast and he's uh, he's he was once the world record holder for 100 miles on a track uh and you know he said there's no way i could like train for something can be delayed by six weeks. I just don't understand how you did that. So I guess starting, it was a case of, okay, I'm going to start, but I'm not feeling great, but I'm going to start anyway, you know, cause this is the, my only opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so probably de- being delayed wasn't great. And then the weather, of course, you know, or the aftermath of the weather wasn't great. Um, what were the trail and, conditions like more specifically? Well, just, man, I mean, I guess in 2000, last year I was lucky because I went through Vermont, Vermont, sorry, and I, <laughs> it was not muddy, you know, I guess that it was some kind of drought or something, but this year I got to experience like why they call it Vermont and yeah, I got this little overuse injury just on the, um, in between my um, lower 
So above my right ankle. And it's because I was going through mud for like days and days and days. And it's almost like, you know, when you run through sand, I don't know if anyone out there has ever run barefoot on sand or played volleyball or kind of you get these um, really, you start using little muscles you're not used to. So running through mud uh, created this kind of overuse injury that I got it just above my right ankle. So I actually took a, a day off trail, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, good old for mud. That's my home. Um, <laughs> it's actually going to be talked about a little bit on the next episode. Uh, yeah. But anyways, um, I'm realizing how, how uh, finicky, which... Maybe this is stupid. Maybe this is obvious to most people, but just how finicky these things are. It's not like setting a record on a track where the conditions are going to be the same all the time. Everything's going to be uniform. Something like the AT is obviously going to be changing, you know, between different people's record attempts. Hell, the trail itself is going to be slightly different every time because every year there's little reroutes and new sections and a couple miles are added or a couple miles are taken away. Um, that's something I haven't really thought too much about in terms of these speed records and how much of a difference that can make. Um, were there any other, besides the trail conditions, were there any other like major or even just noteworthy, I guess, differences between uh, this past year, 2023, and your attempts in the past? Yeah, I mean, like going south, uh like you said maybe even subconsciously having that second goal you know um and instead of just having a singular goal suddenly you have two goals and there's this saying the body takes the path of least resistance mm -hmm. and i think yeah like actually having that second so when i go north next year i got one objective i don't have a b goal you know i just want to break the record on the appalachian trail want to smash yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah um yeah what was i gonna say oh yeah uh so speaking of speaking of you know the direction that you went you've done an attempt northbound you've gone southbound now why you said you're going northbound on your attempt next year why are you flipping that again do you think there's any strategic advantage to going northbound or is it just for the sake of something different? Like what went into that decision? So there's quite a, there's a few. Can I, I speak about yeah. all of them? Okay. Number one, definitely what you said about is it, it's black and white. You're going for the record, the overall record. You're not going for a southbound record. So there's only one objective. I'm going to go for the record on the Appalachian Trail and I'm heading north. Uh, the second reason for going north is it's a lot easier to track where you are against the record when you're going the same direction um, as the record was set. Like on day one, I know that um, Carol stopped at uh, Unico Gap, you know. So like on day one, if I get to Unico Gap, I'm on, you know, I'm on pace. You know, if yeah. I'm ahead of that, I'm ahead of the record. And if I'm behind it, I'm behind. Whereas if you go south doesn't matter where you get, you don't know where you are against the record. It's almost like going blindfolded until I guess when you're more, I mean, it's really tough, you know, to find out where you are. And then I guess another one of my reasons is because I just really like the aesthetics of actually going north. I was always torn when every, when anyone ever asked me, do you want to go south? You know, there's the southbound record you can shoot for as well. I always said, eh. You know, I don't think so. And eventually, I guess I talked myself into it and I got talked into it. I did decide eventually it was the right thing to do this year. But for me next year, the right thing to do is go for the northbound record. There's one goal. Um, I really like the idea of being able to keep track against where I am, against Carol on his daily miles. I want to finish at Katahdin as well, rather yeah. than Springer. And then finally... If I get the record going north, it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty cool, man, that no one ever in history has hold the southbound record 
and the northbound record you know i think that would be something which would be pretty hard to beat you'd have to have someone look at it as a two-year project and yeah so that would be i think that would be pretty cool to have records in both directions yeah i never i'm learning so much yeah i never thought about that um that would be pretty cool and also yeah i never thought about the um the pacing aspect you know it definitely makes sense hearing you talk about it how it'd be a lot easier to see how um on track you are you know for the record when you're hiking or or you're running the same direction as a as the record was set that certainly seems a lot easier um yeah dude i learn so much every time i i talk to you christian I, i love this stuff and again i'm not a i'm i I'm not a runner. I would like to compete in an ultra marathon, but I'm I'm not going to be winning or setting any FKTs. I would just more like to do it for myself. But I don't know. It's always so fun. Yeah, I learn more stuff every time I every time I chat with you, dude. Um, I, I definitely got to say though, for everyone listening and including yourself, that like I always when I just talk about what I did on the Appalachian Trail, I always put I I run hike. You know, because like you definitely like the wildcats, you know, I mean, you're climbing, you know, you're not even hiking there. So Mm -hmm. I definitely do a combination of running and hiking. And, you know, I have to and and I'll tell later on in my story how I actually learned something from you um, when we went on our hike in New Hampshire. But we can come back to that. But I'm definitely I'm definitely a runner hiker, you know, not just a runner. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually that's a cool thing to talk about. Yeah. Because that's something I've always struggled with as I've very slowly over the last few years got it got into trail running a little bit. It's like, yeah, how do you how, what what may what is a trail run exactly? Cuz like you just said you're you're not running all the time. And if you're someone like me, you're not running that much to be honest. Like I went out yesterday and I did a hike and it was only, you know, six miles maybe, but like a good third of it was straight the fuck up. And so there's no way I'm running on that. Actually, a lot of it was like almost like climbing. It was pretty technical stuff. And yeah. so it's like, I don't know, for you, how, sorry, let me say that again. For you, what is like the cutoff between when you're jogging or when you're hiking? Is it a certain grade? Is it the conditions? Is it a combination of everything? Is it how you're feeling physically at the moment? Can you just kind of talk about like the, the running versus the power hiking aspect a little bit? Yeah, definitely. I think at this point, um, being like two decades into it, it's definitely a feeling. So I just have a switch um and i switch it one way and i'm hiking i switch it the other way and i'm running and it's mm-hmm. almost like an, a subconscious internal switch that i i don't even um really acknowledge you know i mean there's definitely sections on the appalachian trail when you come um to the wildcats i mentioned earlier when you come to the wildcats you know you're you're kind of climbing you know um going up if you're heading north and I guess descending, climbing if you're coming down. But then there's certain opportunities, I guess, where there's some gentle inclines and it's a lot easier to hike them. That Sorry, it's a lot easier to hike them, yeah, than it is to jog them. But if you jog them, you're going to probably move a little bit quicker. And I guess this is the tricky part. It's it's uh, There's a saying in um, ultra running, I've heard people call it douche grade right and what that means is it's such a it's such a you can't climb it you know you shouldn't you can't really hike it and it's too hard to run so it's this kind of douche grade where you don't know what to do so it's confusing but eventually i guess if you're focused and like uh you're pretty strong on the uphills you can start jogging the gentle inclines yeah and that makes a big difference but anything flat Anything downhill, not crazy technical like climbing or scrambling, you're kind of jogging everything. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So you're obviously very experienced on the AT at this point. Not only, you know, two successful, right? 
I'm your second two com- yeah two completions complete, last year rather, yeah. second fastest overall and this year fastest south and the first two attempts obviously you were still able to do some of the trail and then i also know that you went and just backpacked a, a yeah good, what was it, like 500 500 yeah. mile section of trail which I, I still think is so cool but i'll uh i'll, I'll spare people from going into that because we actually talked about it quite a bit in our last episode. Um, so you're, you're obviously very familiar with the AT. I'm wondering if there's any sections in particular, any spots you can think of that just like, that just give you trouble for some reason, any, any infamous spots for for you specifically in your, in your experiences. So it's kind of, uh, such a coincidence that last year when I was going for my record attempt, uh, I got to Vermont and I was on day 31 and I had a 27 mile lead on the record and it whittled down to 10 miles. And I got to this road crossing and I felt so much pressure. I'd let Carol get into my, my head, you know, Carol's a record holder. And I was thinking, what a great athlete Carol is. And I started to forget what my objective was started to lose my confidence and started to just break under pressure and eventually I broke but I was still 10 miles ahead of record pace and I actually got off a road crossing in Vermont I forget the road crossing I'll learn the name I'm sure and I got off and I said to the crew I said listen guys I'm done so they drove me to a motel I think I'd done 16 miles that day I stayed in a motel and I got back on trail the next day late in the morning so I kind of lost a full day Mm -hmm. Going south this year, I had that small overuse injury I was talking about above my right ankle. And I, and I, I, you know, I was actually at one point on my hands and knees, I was crawling and I was crying and I was in so much pain. I said, okay, listen, I'm really sorry. Um, I'm going to listen to you. I was talking to my body. I'm like, really sorry. I'm going to listen to you. We're going to get off trail and I'm going to give you a rest. And we're going to see what you give me tomorrow because I understand at the moment we can't move forwards, you know? And so I got to the road crossing and I looked around and I said, hey, guys, after I told my crew I was going to get off trail um, and we needed to go to a motel and rest, isn't this where I got off trail last year? <laughs> you know what, Kyle? It was the same road crossing, man. I it oh, really, wow. Yeah. And I just, I, I kind of started... I, I, I think I laughed and cried at the same time. It was just weird emotions like, oh, I can't believe this is happening here. And I got off trail and I got back on trail the next day and set the southbound record. <laughs> I really want to know which road that is because obviously I'm very familiar with that part of the trail. So yeah. I'm curious uh, which one it is. Yeah, um, it's, I'll, I'll have to find out because I'll be more specific. Yeah. So one of the things I did in preparation for this episode was I... I polled my audience because the the vast majority of people that listen to this podcast are not runners and they're not certainly not FKT. Here I go again, making up terms. <laughs> FKT setters, obviously, there's only a few of those. Um, you know what I mean? They're they're just regular hikers, you could say. And so I was I wanted to give them an opportunity to ask questions to someone who you know is very accomplished in this you know space. And so one of the most common questions that I got was, you know, let me, let me just read a couple of them here. Yeah. Um, they, they're the, both these questions kind of encompass the same thing. So one person asks, don't you feel bad for running past all the beauty on the trails, not stopping to enjoy it? And, um, another person said, I really want to know where's the joy. Do they find peace in nature? It's, it's an accomplishment for sure, but do they ever, hear that they miss the point of being out on these trails. And I, I wanted to ask this too, actually. Yeah. Um, I kind of understand the appeal, to be honest, as I've gotten more into trail running and more into pushing myself. But it's a very reasonable question, I think, for for people to just be like, hey, the reason I come out here is to enjoy nature. And if I'm just rushing through, you know, fo- just focused on time, it seems like that might take away from that a little bit so how do you balance the enjoyment um with the athletic aspect the competitive aspect um yeah i'm sure this is something you've gotten before and and, and thought about so yeah. just can you speak to I, that yeah definitely so warren doyle um just 
release the outside magazine or something did an article on warren doyle and i'm halfway through reading it and it's really interesting because he's finished the appalachian trail 18 times and he 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 talks about these uh speed he set the first record on the at 66 days and uh he disagree he doesn't like the term speed like speed record attempt and he calls it an an endurance uh, an endurance record or an endurance attempt so actually i think what people are getting confused with and then become like i guess slightly critical and a little bit negative towards it is that actually what i'm doing and i completely agree with warren it's not about speed it's about endurance so like i'm not trying to go fast on the appalachian trail i'm just trying to endure as much as i can until i pretty much pass out each day you know so like if you think of it in terms of this isn't a speed record this is an endurance record so like what i achieved this year had nothing to do with speed it was all to do with like endurance so if you think of it that way and me too i guess it takes out that that negative aspect of like rushing past something or speeding past something because in fact what you're doing is you're just really doing almost what a through hiker's doing um except for you're jogging the flats you're yeah i mean i see through hikers jogging like when i was with the class of 2021 as you said i i i uh, hiked a 500 mile section these guys were like jogging the flats <laughs> and jogging the downhills same as a uh speed record attempt so i gotta say let's let's make i'm gonna i'm actually gonna change my approach to how i um actually my terminology from now on and i'm actually gonna start calling this an an endurance record attempt and even the word fastest known time i'm actually more comfortable with endurance record so Mm. i'm gonna go with that i'm gonna go with endurance record and to the people who say I think it, it kind of changes the the question now. If that person was to say, oh, you're enduring 16 hours a day on the Appalachian Trail every day. How can you enjoy that? Well, I love the Appalachian Trail so much. I'm greedy. I want to see it for as long as I can all day. And then I want to sleep a little bit and I want to repeat. So there's no, <laughs> there's no rushing past anything, you know. I mean, I'm someone, yeah, because I'm kind of going on about it. So I guess it's a sensitive no, no, subject. No. There's one, one, someone made a, qu- a comment on, um, there's this guy who came out, Tim Lewis, and he's done McAfee knob like, like loads of times. And someone made a comment on it because he ran with me and took loads of photos of me. He enjoys taking photos. And someone made a comment and it's the same thing. It's like, why would you run? Why would you run past all the beauty and, uh, ignore the trail and 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 disrespected in that way and you know what he did and this is true man this is a true story he shared a photo he took of me of me crouching down and taking a photo of a spider (laughs) and he said christian stopped to take photos and loved the trail just as much as anyone else i've ran with um, or hiked with so to those people who ask why am i like not appreciating the beauty or aren't I missing out? No, I'm not. I, I appreciate the beauty and I'm not missing out. I'm just getting a lot of it quite intensely um, mm-hmm. all day for a 45-day period. Yeah, not to mention at this point, you've also done the entire trail twice. And so, and all your other experiences on the trail too. So like you've certainly seen a lot of the Appalachian Trail. And obviously I know you pretty well at this point. So I know how much you love the AT. Um, I am curious, though. Now, obviously, you can't speak for anybody else, so let's make no mistake about that. But for other ultra runners, has it been, or or even you know, record chasers? <laughs> Again, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm saying, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> record chasers. Did I just make that up? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, dude. Uh, for for other ultra runners, we'll just say, um, do you think, generally speaking, that most other people are falling into the same category as you? People who really love the trail and this is just their way of experiencing it, or do you think that there are some people out there that 
maybe don't care as much about that and are more concerned with the time and the athletic aspect, which not that there's anything wrong with that, by the way. Um, but it's just a different perspective. Um, I don't know. This might be a hard question to answer because it, no, it, it, no it, I've, I've it, already like formulated an answer. Okay. In my mind. All right. Well, I, then. I, th- I think, I think like putting ultra runners, uh, in almost a category and saying, do they, does this category of people, doing this sport possess this certain quality um i think you could actually if you open up the category and just say even say hikers let's just say people going out on the appalachian trail whether you're an ultra runner a through hiker a day hiker i mean they're the three main people who go out like you could actually say that you could even say that a through hiker is doing it because um, or attempting to do it because there's a huge dropout rate that they're doing it because they want to have like bragging rights. You know, <laughs> you, you could say or, that. Or, oh, maybe- or even they just want to accomplish the goal of finishing. It, the it's a I goal. Mean, that's, that's something yeah. I talk about all the time on this show. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to bring up that exact point. So yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. So like, that. I so because uh, by the way, anyone listening, hopefully you're still listening. When I said smash the record, I was saying it in an ironic, stupid way because <laughs> I don't want to smash anything. You know, I was kind of joking. <laughs> I'm a goofy person. But I think coming back to, um, I think, yeah, having a goal. Like, so the day hiker, the record whatever they're called chasers you know or the uh through hikers like it can all it can be a goal for every single person it's just a different goal so i guess the ultra runner's goal is to set like an endurance record the through hiker's goal is to get to the end of the trail um and actually you know what when i was with the through hikers in 21 i started reaching inside of myself and actually asking myself christian you know you're almost falling into this routine of just hiking, eating, and sleeping. You need to actually, it takes work and energy to make a fire on the nighttime, or it takes work and energy to d- take the blue blazers and go and look at the views. And even hikers are missing out on this. I oh, mean, yeah. ultra runners trying to set an FKT and not lighting fires and then not doing blue blazers. But what I'm saying is it's something with inside yourself that, I think you have to reach for and say, I need to actually take time outside of my goal, which is to through hike, set a, an endurance record or day hike or section hike this section. And I need to just actually enjoy the, the, the view. I need to just sit down for a minute, breathe and take in the surroundings. So yeah, a little bit different if you're on an endurance record, bit harder, but you do find other ways to appreciate things. Um, as in being present and then almost slightly trying to, you know, meditate, like not have so many thoughts going through your head and maybe just try and listen, try and be more present, I guess. So, yeah, I think just isolating ultra runners and saying, does this particular group of people possess um, an inability to appreciate the trail? uh, I think is almost a bit prejudiced, I guess you could say. Um, because I think everyone has the inability to appreciate the trail. And like I said, you have to reach within and it takes work and effort to take time out, even through hikers. When I was section hiking, I had to, I had to consciously work on taking time out to make a fire and to take those blue blazers. I'm repeating myself, but I think you, you get, no, you're, I don't know. Do you, you get the idea though? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm not trying to, I think these are reasonable things for people to ask, certainly, but I definitely agree with your assessment too. And I, and I've always, I'm, I'm really not trying to be a dick to the people who ask these questions because I appreciate them asking. And it is, like I said, it's understandable if you don't know much about, uh, you know, FKTs and all this and that. Certainly if you've never had the the pleasure of getting to know one, uh, someone who's done one and, um, you know, the pleasure of being able to call that person a friend. But uh, when people say these things like, oh, like they're not taking the time to to stop and they're not able to enjoy the trail, these these ultra runners, um, <laughs> I've I've always been kind of like you know that a lot of thru hikers are the same exact way like a lot of thru hikers myself included a lot of the time I, as much as I hate to admit it 
like they're out there on a mission and they might not be going for a, a, a speed record or an endurance record, but um, they still have miles to make. They still have an objective in mind. And a lot of the time they're also maybe not uh, stopping at every single view or, you know, taking their time and smelling the roses quite as much. So sometimes I just want to tell the people that, that make these assumptions about people that go for FKTs. I just want to be like, you know, that, Lots of other people do that too, but I digress. It is a reasonable thing to to ask about, yeah. certainly. Yeah. Um, and another thing that a lot of people were curious about, Christian, and this is something that we talked about a little bit, but I, I'm curious to learn more. How does how does the gear work? So I know sometimes you're carrying just a small amount of gear while you're running, but then other times you're actually going into the woods with a very minimalist, albeit, but still an overnight gear setup. Um, can you just talk a little bit about how the gear aspect of something like this works? Yeah. Shout out to Z packs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely love those guys. And because the tents are awesome. So yeah, like I have like a duplex, um, have a sleeping bag, sleeping mat. Um, I have like snacks, uh, an overnight, uh, meal, which consisted of, we, we worked out that a quarter pounder or a, a burger from McDonald's was pretty good with six chicken nuggets. Um, <laughs> even cold, pack them out. They're really good. Yeah. Uh, any, an espresso, like in a plastic, uh, sealable container for in the morning. And I'd go out and so many times I could probably count on both hands, which is probably, I bet the three hikers are laughing. Oh, you can count out on both hands. How many times you count out by yourself? What a wish. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. I, yeah, I opened myself up for that one. But yeah, like I think around 10 times or whatever, um, I count out. So whatever, whatever that is, like 20%, 25% of my record attempt, uh, I was camping in the woods by myself with my tent, sleep, my sleep system. And the equipment was just, I used like uh, the Salomon packs. I love those, the packs, the XA25. Uh, I crammed everything in there. Like I said, a Z-Packs duplex, you know, sleeping bag, um, air mat, a uh, quarter pounder with cheese or whatever. And yeah, got the job done, you know, got up the next day, uh, carried that stuff out. And yeah, so it's not all about a supported record attempt is not, always supported i guess mm -hmm. yeah on previous attempts did you did you do that as well you know actually spending some nights on trail or were you always trying to make it to some sort of road crossing where your crew would be at the end of every night because I'm, I'm just because i feel like as someone who doesn't know a lot about this stuff i always assumed that people would only go road crossing to road crossing I had never heard of someone actually staying out overnight on trail before. And so when you were talking about this, when we were together, I thought that was kind of, um, I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. I think the thing is it's trying to reach your daily miles, you know, and, and to break, you know, what I was shooting for to begin with is an average of 53 miles a day, uh, minimum as a, as a, a basic, um, yeah, I've got a chance to get the record. So if your last road crossing is at say 45 miles, that's no good. You know, you need to take that extra seven miles into the shelter. I camped in loads of shelters as well, you know? So, um, I just apologize to the guys. Hey, I I'm going to be waking <laughs> up at 4 a.m. I'm going to try and be as quiet as possible. Go for an <laughs> endurance record here. So, um, so yeah, like it's, if the last road crossing is in the, in the mid 40 miles, like you need to hike in, uh, run hike in and, and shelter it or camp a sleep, bring a sleep system through. And then, uh, then you can get your daily miles and meet the crew the next day. And that's mm -hmm. that, that's for that reason, I guess, alone. Is it, is it awkward telling somebody on trail <laughs> that you're going for the endurance record? Cause like, I feel like it's important context that people might need to know, especially in a shelter, maybe, um, you know, if they're sleeping next to you, but at the same time, I can imagine that you might be a little hesitant to just, so I'm sure you're not going around telling everybody and bragging about it and all this and that. So <laughs> is it kind of awkward, those conversations sometimes? Yeah. I remember I got in, uh, I wish I could remember the name of the shelter, but I got in 
And there was two, there was, I don't know if they're a couple or just a guy and a girl. And they were in there in the shelter. And as soon as I got in, it started raining. I was like, this is a great call. Because I actually had my tent with me as well. Mm -hmm. But I decided to camp in the shelter. And uh, yeah, I just kept it on the lowdown. I said, guys, I'm going to, I'm a really early riser. I'm going to wake up. I didn't say what time I didn't think, or maybe I did. I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to be as quiet as I can. And, I, and when you wake up in the morning, you won't see me. So, uh, yeah, just to let you know. And that's all I said, you know, and they get on, they got on with their thing. I did my thing and that was it, you know, and I think that's kind of the approach I took most times. I didn't advertise it. I didn't run in there like with, you know, fully logoed up and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This tonight's sleep is sponsored by Solomon now. Obviously. Yeah, like cameraman <laughs> running in behind me saying to the shelter guy, do you mind if you're in this shot? You know? Nah, I was, it was all low-key, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and another thing, we might have talked about this on previous episodes, I can't remember, but um, another thing some people had asked about that I'm curious about too is like when you're passing people on trail, obviously sometimes most of the time you know if someone's moving faster than the other person it's generally understood that like you know just basic pleasantries and you go your separate ways but sometimes people are chatty and so yeah somebody somebody asked the question would you prefer people on trail try to talk with you or is that just getting in your way and i thought that was kind of a funny way of phrasing it getting in your way uh, you know, one song comes to mind, and it's a joke as well. Have you heard that one? Move, bitch, get out yeah, of the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I usually just play that on loudspeaker. No, I'm kidding, guys. So, actually, I got a true story. Um, last year when I was going for my uh, record attempt, I'd just come out of, uh, what's the halfway point where they do the half-gallon challenge? Uh, Harper's Ferry. No, well, Harper's Ferry is West Virginia. Sorry, uh, um, that, uh, that, yeah, the, there's that me. state park there in Pennsylvania. Shit, what the what the hell is that place called? I can't remember now. Anyway, I'd come out of Damn. the halfway point, just where you do the half gallon challenge. Maybe it'll come to you, right? There was, I'll Google it, it real it'll quick. It'll come to me. There was two hikers, and I was. They said, "Hey, do you mind if we jog with you for a bit?" And I said, yeah, sure. It's a long flat section before you go up into a gent, a climb. And, uh, so I, I said, did you find the name? Oh yeah. It's Pine Grove, Pine Grove Furnace. Yeah. I, I totally oh. forgot about that. I totally blanked on it. Yeah. Pine Grove Furnace. So th- these two hikers, a g- guy and a girl, and they said, do you mind if we jog with you for a bit? Uh, we heard that you're going for a, an endurance record, you know? And they said, yeah, sure, that'd be cool. So That's they bold of them, by the way. If I heard someone was going for an endurance record, I'd be like scattering off the trail to try. I wouldn't <laughs> look at them. I wouldn't. That, that's very bold of them to be like, can we freaking join you for a bit? I love that. Sorry. Yeah, that's they cool. did. And, and, you know, to be fair, like it was a flat section. I think we were jogging at like four miles an hour or something. So it was kind of slow, you know. And then they they we say goodbye to each other and I carry on up the climb and this is a bit where I was saying this kind of douche grade stuff. It it wasn't steep enough to hike. And so I had to jog it. So I jogged all the way up this big steep incline. And I got to the top and I think I stopped. I was doing a stretch. And just out of nowhere, the guy out of the couple joined, like came with me. He just jumped out of the bush, not jumped out of the bushes, <laughs> but he was on the trail. Yeah. And I said, I said, you ran all of that with your pack on? I was, I'm proud of myself for running it. Like, congrats, wow. man. That's sick. And he said, yeah, like, you know what? I was really inspired by you. And after our conversation, do you mind if I like hang with you for a bit? And I said, yeah, sure. That'd be great. Anyway, we spent the next hour and 45 minutes running together on the trail. He took out some beef jerky that he, he shot um some oh nice venison or whatever it was and yeah, went yeah. hunting made it beef, beef jerky <laughs> <Venison>. <laughs> I, I know what you mean venison jerky whatever yeah <laughs> yeah yeah homemade. venison jerky yeah homemade jerky and he gave me some on trail and like he met my crew and stuff so the answer to the question who uh posted that is like yeah no one's getting in my way really uh I love com- I love hikers. I am a hiker myself and you know I love the company and if someone wants to hang with me and I'm have having a great conversation that helps me that helps my day, you know. Mm-hmm. So and, yeah, and I'm, ass- that, uh, and I'm yeah. assuming you like, you know, they have to still be able to keep up with you. You're probably not going to 
slow down just for them. But if they can hang, that's that's cool, man. That's cool. I w- yeah, if if you can hang, then that's it. Like obviously, yeah, yeah on a endurance, like there's a certain like speed. I mean, even with through hiking, right? There's a certain amount. There's a certain speed you're going, and you and you you don't like. I know through hikers actually all hike their own paces and then they come together when there's a viewpoint or at the end of the day, but mm-hmm. they don't actually hike together in groups necessarily unless they're hiking the same pace as their buddies or their, their tramley. So, so yeah, it's the same with me as well. If someone's going, one can be prepared to go the same pace as me, which is about three or four miles an hour. Yeah, that's good. I'm good with that. That's cool, man. That's cool. Um, all right, dude, we're getting towards the end here. I'm really excited to hear your end of episode story because it involves me and <laughs> I haven't, I'm not sure exactly what Christian's going to say here. So, um, dude, let's hear it. Hopefully it's a good story. <laughs> Trail tales, how Kyle yep. spoiled my hike. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, I mean, you know what? And I've told this story to other people, um, including my girlfriend here in Spain, so yeah, you don't know because I never mentioned it, but um, we met for a hike and um, there was, we, we went up to the the kind of the summit. Uh, can you remember the name of that? North, I think it was North Kinsman. Kinsman. In the whites. North Kinsman. Yeah. yeah. And it's a really nice Kinsman's trail. It's a really nice trail. And there's a couple of small river crossings where you have to hop across some rocks. Yeah. So um yeah so anyway here goes my story so actually you were in front of me on the hike going up and what i noticed when you got to the river crossings is how relaxed you were and we were just hiking we weren't running but i noticed like you actually crossed that river and hopped on those rocks as if it was like a zebra crossing and there was no danger of (laughs) anything happening to you and i observe this because i'm very observant of people's body language uh people's ability their coordination and uh prior to me hiking with you i'd crossed the same river crossing that was my favorite trail so i was up and down that trail like all week mm-hmm. and i crossed the trail with a little bit of tension in my shoulders um a little bit of fear inside of me and thought to myself yeah like i was a little bit tense and and i i I was behind you i watched you cross and then also on the way down i observed you and i think there was one or two other small river crossings so i actually took away from that hike with you kyle like the through hiker approach to crossing unless it's just you personally crossing a river it's like just Every single time I crossed a river after that, and I'm not joking, this is an honest story. I thought about you. I thought about how relaxed you were. No, this is the truth, man. On my record attempt this year, and I crossed the rivers in the same manner. Eventually, it just became natural, and I didn't need to think back to hiking behind you and stuff. But yeah, so it's a true story. I I observed you cross the river in a through-hiker style, very relaxed, very confident, but in, in an unarrogant way. And I adopted it and I used it on my speed record attempt, mate. So that's a true that's story. That's so cool, man. Oh, that's so cool. I'm, I can't wait to tell my girlfriend about this one too. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's super cool. I'm, uh, I'm happy to hear that. I have honestly haven't really thought that much about the way that I cross rivers. I don't even really remember there being any any like big rivers on that trail, to be honest. They were I think small. They were, yeah, they were, they were small ones. Um, I don't know. Yeah. When I was a kid, I used to, I used to love just like hopping around on rocks and stuff. And now I guess actually now that I think about it, I guess I do kind of take pride in my, in my river crossings. Like I remember there's been a couple times where like maybe there's a group kind of chilling next to a river and then when I'll go to, I'll come up on it and I'll be like, all right, I got to fucking show them how it's done and just <laughs> boom, 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 hop right across that shit. So Look, it's already going to my head. This is, this is not good. <laughs> you know, but good. I feel so good though that you said that because I thought, am I just imagining this or is Kyle a badass river crosser, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome, dude. I appreciate you sharing that, man. And yeah. I um, that's really cool that you're so observant of people that you would notice something like that. Maybe I need to 
consider being more observant when it comes to these things. Um, it's especially cool because obviously you're <laughs> quite competent in the mountains to put it mildly. And so the fact that you're still wanting to learn, yeah. um, even from someone who quite honestly has accomplished a lot less than you have, um, that that's, that's super cool. And, and I think that really speaks to your attitude, Christian. And, and again, this is something that I went, on and on about in our last episode, but, um, for everybody listening, I really encourage you to go follow Christian because he's super humble. He loves the Appalachian trail. And, um, uh, if you couldn't tell already, which I'm sure you could, but obviously this is so much more than just trying to break a speed record for him. Um, in fact, I'm sure there's easier trails out there that he could go get a speed record on if he wanted to, but that's not what it's about. Um, this man loves the AT. And so, dude, thank you for, for coming back on here. And I really hope that we get a chance to uh, to cross paths again in person um, at some point next year when you're when you're back in the States. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoy coming on your show. In fact, all the other podcasts I'm on are all kind of ultra running podcasts and stuff. So I feel it's kind of a way to just um i don't know talk about hiking and a different aspect of the trail and also i wouldn't say defend ultra running but maybe give an insight to through hikers or people who don't understand ultra running maybe that hey guys you know we us ultra runners uh hikers as well you know uh yeah so yeah thanks for having me on i really appreciate it of course and that's another reason why i like having you on and um and other people too i mean i don't have a ton of you know runners on or you know fkt (laughs) every time i say this i crack up (laughs) fkt people for the lack of a better term um i had uh will peterson on a few weeks ago who uh, has the unsupported record for the long trail and i don't know part of the reason why i like to have have you guys on is for the same thing that you just mentioned there you know kind of bringing the two communities together and yeah. um kind of bridging that gap and giving some understanding to regular hikers what it's like and one thing that i've learned to kind of close this episode out is that it's it's not let me say that again setting an fkt like this at the end of the day it's an incredible achievement that takes you know it's not something that just anybody can do but at the end of the day they're still doing the same exact trail as all the through hikers and even the day hikers. It's the same terrain and a lot of the little mundane things that apply to even just a two mile day hike are still going to apply to a, an FKT, especially on the Appalachian trail. So with that said, Christian, dude, where can people go follow you? Any plugs you want to make? Um, especially people that might be curious about your, uh, your, endurance attempts uh, next year <laughs> yeah like i guess the main way to kind of check out uh me is going to my instagram and it's uh, uh it's like it's called move bitch get out the way <laughs> <laughs> actually know what it's my name and then the word ultra so christian with a k uh, like spelt the Scandinavian way, K-R-I-S-T-I-A-N, and then ultra, U-L-T-R-A, just like one word, no spaces. Uh, and that's my Instagram. And I guess what we didn't talk about is um, the dances that I did on the Appalachian <laughs> I, Trail. Yes, I, I saw those, dude. I saw those on Instagram. So good. Yeah. So I did these reels and it just, it kept me entertained. And, and uh, so anyone who wants to like, yeah, check out what I'm doing. Go to my Instagram. You can find out about my re- Southbound record this year, my coaching. You know, I coach athletes or whatever, you know, people who want to run ultra marathons. And yeah, and I'm going for the, the endurance record on the Appalachian Trail next year. And yeah, I'll have live tracking and, you know, everyone can follow the journey there. So uh, yeah, just reach out to me if you've got any questions. I'm happy to. But I definitely don't want to be like I'm the, you know, uh, spokesperson for the ultra running community of course not. because of I'm course definitely not. an individual and I identify with everyone. I, I um, really try to think that I'm just 
I'm just someone who enjoys the AT and, and people who go on it. So whether you're yeah. an ultra runner or a hiker, man, I'm, I'm all good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Dude, thank you so much, Christian. Best of luck next year. And um, maybe we'll have to do another episode before you uh, before you start and uh, see how your training's going and see how you're feeling right before. So thank you, man. Um, and thank you, everybody, for, for watching and for listening. And if you made it all the way to the end of the episode, especially if you've made it all the way to the end of a number of these episodes and you haven't subscribed on YouTube or you haven't left a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify, then what are you doing? I'm trying to get the show to 1,000 reviews on on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, respectively. And I mean, at this point, dude, we're uh, we're ticking up there in subscribers, but we still got a lot of work to do. So subscribe. Let's see if we can get this to 5,000 or even 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. That'd be awesome. And I will see everybody next week. Cool, cool, cool. That's it, my friend. All right, all right. 